team. Amen. And uh, you know, you may be seated <laughs> if you're standing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you are or not, but uh, I'm sure some folks are sitting down. Um, but it's all right. If you're sitting down, stand up. If you're standing up, sit down. Um, but this scripture, um, what as I read this again, I've, we've heard this scripture preached many times, and often in a service we'll hear this scripture. And I agree, the application is true that um, when when you are when the church is facing a, a resistance in the spirit, uh, and you as an individual are facing a resistance, that we can have a good breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. And the anointing of God um, can destroy some things in the spirit. Um, and there's some instantaneous deliverance. Uh, you can see, I believe, that's that's just very scripturally accurate. Look at the, the man of the Gadarenes who had thousands of devils within his body, um, contained within one human body. Um, yet, when Jesus steps off of, this, off of the, the ship onto dry ground, uh, he ran, the Bible says that the man ran to the feet of Jesus and fell and worshipped him. And instantly, uh, the Lord healed him and delivered him and cast those demonic spirits out of him. And instantly, um, those spiritual, uh, those spirits that bound him were instantly destroyed and removed out of his life. And so I do believe in instant deliverance. And I believe God is um, a, a miracle worker. I believe that that we're able in a service in, a, in our life that um, the anointing destroys um, instantly. Um, but as I read and I began to God show me a few things in the scripture that I feel are really um, interesting, that I feel that sometimes uh, we as we as apostolics, we as children of God are struggling through things and facing spiritual attack. And even as a church, um, we can bump up against um, and struggle with things spiritually as a church, as a body, um, trying to get liberty, trying to have the revival God wants us to have, trying to, uh, and we are no doubt under spiritual attack um, uh, on a, a, an individual level and on a uh, level of uh, the body, if you will. And um, I'm make sure that, okay, I had a message. I want to make sure it wasn't somebody telling me that they couldn't hear me. Um, but as an individual, um, thank you, Brother Nelson. <laughs> but as, a, as I read this scripture, the, the Lord began to really kind of show me um, some things uh, about this that I think is going to help somebody. Um, I, I read this uh, in the NIV, which... Again, I'm not I'm not the biggest advocate of the the non-inspired version of the Bible, but it does give us a little um, it does give us a little bit of a clarity on what this is actually saying. This this is Isaiah is writing about the children of, of Israel that have been in bondage from Assyria. And, and we understand that as as the children of God were had rebelled against him, had gone into false doctrine and idolatry, that they were. They were taken captive into Assyria and Babylon. Uh, but Isaiah is speaking here that there's going to come a time when the Lord is going to stir something up. He was using the Assyrians to correct his people. He was using them, uh, and he, he brought them into captivity, not as a means of 
of hatred for them, but as a means of correction for them. And uh, he was allowing them to go through this to cleanse them, to help them, because he was trying to purify them. And uh, in this, and to bring out a remnant a, a, of, of people that were going to serve him in true holiness and truth um, of, of, of his word. And so, um, in, in this in this passage of scripture, um, I heard oh, we've, again. We've often heard the scripture when we're in church. Uh, you know, the, the anointing destroys the yoke, and and we're trying to get a breakthrough. And I believe it a hundred percent. But if it, it read, let me read to you in, in Isaiah, uh, this passage of Scripture in the NIV version. Um, and, and I want to kind of go from there and, and kind of explain myself here just a bit. Uh, it says, the Lord Almighty will lash them with a whip as when he struck down Midian at the rock of Oreb. And he will raise the staff over the waters as he did in Egypt. In that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders their yoke from your neck. Now catch this. It says the yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. Now that is, um, I could jump in that and make a kind of a joke. Um, and I could say I am anointed. Um, but this scripture puts it in a little more perspective. And he's talking about the people of God. And he says, listen, he says, uh, your yoke will be broken because you have grown and outgrown the yoke that was upon you to a point you're going to grow so great and so mighty and so powerful that in that process, that yoke is going to be broken. It's going to be destroyed. It won't fit anymore. You, you won't be able to go back that way because you've prospered so well in my spirit and I've done so much for you. And I believe sometimes as I looked at this, God began to show me what he was. This wasn't going to be an overnight process. This wasn't necessarily going to be an instantaneous process. Because, listen, as they came back, they had a lot of work to do to build a temple. They had a lot of work to do to build the walls. They had a lot of work to do. But it was a process of time. I feel the Holy Ghost. It was a process of time that as as they came back from captivity, and they begin to work towards pleasing God, begin to establish, hey, what did God really want us to do? If you look in the scripture, never, never one time after, after the captivity, um, up to that point, up to that point, constantly, it was constant, their struggle with uh, polytheism, idol worship, worshiping other gods, multiple gods, but not after the, not after the captivity. They begin, they begin to, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah and, and the prophets begin uh, to set up um, synagogues and they begin to set up uh, if what we would call considered kind of the, the early potential, like kind of the church setting where we'd, they'd gather and they'd set up a, a pulpit and they'd sit and they would teach uh, and consistently put out the word of God. And they didn't, they never, never have returned to this day. They're, they are the strictest monotheistic people, the Jewish people today. They're, they are, there's no, no, no shadow of turning in their, their belief in the oneness of God. And, 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 and though we can, though we can question, uh, they have not the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, the Messiah, God manifest in flesh and, and him as the, as the Messiah, they do, they believe oneness of God, 
that God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And so what brought them to that, amen, was the fact that once they came out of captivity, they were they they were they had set their mind uh, to a, a, a place. They said, I, "I that was enough for me. I'm not I'm not going I, I'm not going back." And as a people, they said, "We're not going back to that place of captivity anymore." And God said, He said, "Listen, the yoke is going to be destroyed because you're going to realize you're going to grow. There's going to be a process that you're going to go through." And it's going to you're going to outgrow this yoke. You're going to go. You're going to outgrow this uh, this burden. You're going to outgrow this thing that's been binding you for so many years. I'm telling you, that's why I believe there are some individuals who have looked for instantaneous deliverance. And I believe in that. I believe God can do that. I believe God is able to do that. Yet at the same time, God is, I believe, calling someone today to say, listen, this is going to be a process. There's an anointing that's day in, that's day out, that's faithfulness to the house of God, that's faithfulness in your prayer, that's faithfulness in worship. Every time you come to the house of God, you, you're there for prayer. You're there in, the, in a prayer room. You're there seeking God, and, and, and you're growing, you're, str- and you're getting strong, and, and you're building to a point. You're, you, you, you outgrow this yoke. You destroy it because the devil cannot bind you anymore because you're growing to a point beyond that yoke's capacity. And uh, and I believe that that's where some, someone today needs to understand that the struggle, here, here imagine this, the yoke that is upon an animal's neck. This is a wooden, uh, a, a wooden yoke that is placed upon the neck of an animal. And they, it's, it's a symbol of servitude. The one that has the yoke is under bondage to the one that's leading them around. And so Assyria had a yoke upon them. They were they were taken captive. But what happened was uh, what imagine the, the animal, the the oxen, the the bull, whatever it might be, that had this yoke upon it. And imagine that that oxen uh, they they fit that yoke to that animal. What God is saying is that animal became so large. It ate. It became so healthy. It had such good food. It's such good nourishment. It became so healthy that it, that it, that that no longer could that 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 yoke take that anymore, and they couldn't fasten it down. And one day there came a point where that that yoke, in the in the process of time, uh, it, it just it, it was just just broken pieces because that yoke couldn't stay upon the neck of this animal any longer. But you got to understand, there, there's a point uh, uh, just before that yoke was broken. Just before that yoke was destroyed, just before that yoke, uh, the victory came. You got to imagine there was a tightness that that oxen had to make a decision. He 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 was he was growing and growing, man. It was great, but all of a sudden things began getting tight. Life began getting tight around his neck. He had a difficult time moving. Things got uncomfortable, and he got to a point where he says, "Is it really worth this? I'm gonna. This is gonna kill me. This is gonna. This is too much work. This is too much pain." Uh, but the oxen, God said, no, what's going to happen is you just press through it. And I believe somebody, you're at a place I, I, that you get to close to victory. Things get, you get close to deliverance. You get close to victory in your life. And, and But things will start tightening down on you. Your life starts getting tight on you. Bills start coming due. Stress with everyone else. You start fussing and arguing and just, it, it gets difficult. And you back off and say, you know what, maybe I'm not made for that. Maybe I'm okay. 
Maybe I'd just be all right. And there's a place where God's saying, no, I'm trying to get you beyond this. Keep growing. Keep praying. Pray through it. Work through it. And God's wanting to get somebody to understand tonight that the anointing, God can do it in a heartbeat. Tonight, I believe that somebody has, you're at a point of, hey, God's got this victory for you in your life, but you're at a point where it's tight. It's just right. It's just so tight, Pastor. It's just so difficult. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I don't know. It did, nothing makes sense. The harder I live for God, the harder life gets. Yeah, it's called the process of outgrowing and destroying that yoke. Oh, hallelujah. I feel God tonight. I'm telling you, even as a church, I've seen it. Amen. The church can grow and the church can prosper. And we begin to see great strides towards revival. And the next thing you know, we start getting this, expanding the limits of that yoke. And God's wanting to break us through and break us past all of that and, and take us to a new realm where the destroy, the yoke is destroyed. Amen. But as a church, you know what we've got to do. Things get tight. Things get difficult. I've heard it more times than not after a good service. Bishop gets up and says, listen, I'm telling you, the devil's going to start trying to make you fuss with this one and fuss with that one. You know what's happened? The devil realizes you're about a capacity. You're about a capacity uh, on his yoke. He, he, he's worried that the yoke's about to break. Amen. But I'm telling you tonight, God is telling you, listen, he says the yoke is going to be destroyed because of the anointing. The, the, he says, I'm going to bring you revival. Amen. I'm telling you, prayer, whenever we have a, a good prayer meeting, we, we it's not time to coast. It's not time to slough off. It's time to press on. Amen. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I believe in these last days there's a victory coming. Amen. And the, and the yoke that has held you back as an individual and the yoke that has held the church back. Amen. Uh, you think about what the church is going through right now with COVID and what we've endured the last year and what we're facing right now. This is nothing more than we're outgrowing the yoke. I'm telling you, we've got to continue prayer meetings. We've got to continue fasting. We got to, It's not a time to let up. It's not time to back down. It's a time to realize, hey, it's tight because it's about to break. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's tight because God's getting ready to pour out his spirit. Amen. And somebody's, I'm telling you, it's growth. Somebody's going to, you, you're going to break out into prayer like you've never prayed before. Why? Because that yoke's going to break. Amen. I'm telling you, that breaking of that yoke, you're going to feel a freedom and a liberty, and you've got to keep pressing. Oh, hallelujah. The yoke's going to be destroyed because of the blessing and the anointing and the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, it, this is a, this is in my mind. I've seen it, and God showed me so clearly. I feel like somebody, you, you have a trouble, and you want to go to the altar one time, and, and, and I don't want to deal with this again. But God, God can do that. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, God's wanting you to understand. He's wanting to see how bad do you want this yoke gone. How bad do you want it gone? Amen. He says, if you, he says, why don't you, why don't you put my yoke upon your shoulder? My burden is easy and my yoke is light. You, he's wanting you to yoke up with him. Amen. And say, listen, I'm telling you, you're going to have to get alone with God. You're going to have to get alone with him and pray. You're going to have to talk to him and trust him. I'm telling you, if anything in my life, I'm telling you, uh, I, I've been in those moments where things I just felt so tight in my life. Amen. But it comes a point where you, you have nothing else but God. I, I'm trusting in you. I need you, God. Help me. Help me get through this. Uh, amen. And I have felt yokes upon my shoulders, upon my neck. I'm telling you, God can do it and wants to do it for somebody tonight. But I believe this was the message I even wanted to bring to the individual, but to the church. Amen. The true church of Olathe. I believe. I'm telling you, this is, this is where we are. This is where you are. That, that, that's, that's the reasoning. We can get so far 
and then it gets it gets so it's so difficult. I'm telling you, from the time it, it, it's kind of easy to get there, but to get to that point where it gets tight and the breakage, that's the hardest part of it all. Amen. And that's not the time to slow down. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. That word anointing is a Hebrew word, word that means shemen, and it means fat or fatness. And metaphorically, it means richness or increase or blessings. Amen. I'm telling you, God's going to God's wanting to pour out his spirit upon the church like never before. Amen. And that's what's going to bring that's what's going to bring the, uh, the the yoke uh, to its to its capacity and destruction. Amen. That word anointing really means to daub or to to uh, to touch or to smear. And uh, if you look throughout Scripture, um, there's an anointing of the priesthood. There's an anointing of the things If you can read in Exodus chapter 30, uh, verse 25 through 30. That scripture talks about God as he was designing the things of the temple uh, for them to worship properly. He says in verse 25, and thou shalt make it, talking about the anointing oil, he says that thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound at the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. Amen. God has a, this a special touch from God. Amen. It's, 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 it only comes uh, if you make it his way. You can read through the book of Exodus or the chapter 30, and you can see the, the spices that are required, the, the mixture that's required. And, and, and there's, certain, there's certain things that's got to happen. Uh, naturally, there were other oils. Naturally, there was other, other anointing oils and that were their perfumes and whatnot. But there was only one anointing oil. There was only one way, amen, uh, to get God's anointing. He said, listen, put, put everything and, and, and the spices together this way. And then he begins and says, thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith and the ark of the testimony. Amen. So he begins to say, hey, everything within the house, within my house, I want you to anoint. I want it, I want it to be anointed. This isn't like any other place. When you come into my house, there's something different. Amen. There's a there, there's got to be a, there's got to be something unique about my house. Don't bring don't bring the anointing uh, out from outside and uh, uh, from a different uh, you know uh, some other uh, perfume or some other smell or some other odor. He says no. I want you to anoint it. Amen. I want you to make the oil after the art of the apothecary, and you anoint the tabernacle. And the ark of the testimony, and the table of the and all his vessels, and the candlestick, and his vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering, and the, all his vessels, and the labor in his foot, and thou shalt sanctify them that they may be most holy. Whatsoever thou touchest, them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Amen. God has a special anointing. It's only. It, it, it can't be replicated. And I'm going to I'm going to say this because, you know what, when we're in the house of the Lord and not every church, not every situation, there's a lot of places that uh, feel they say, hey, I feel the spirit. I worship here. But I'm telling you, I was talking to an individual the other day and uh, and, and naturally tonight's a very important night for all of those folks. And he was talking about the, the game and the situation, big fans of the sport. And uh, he was talking about how watching and being at the game and, and, and was saying, he's like, man, he said, I just get so excited. He said, the, the hair on the back of my neck, 
he just says, stands up. He says, I just get tingly all over. And I just get so pumped. And he said, yes, I just can't help it to just, man, to just something inside. I just get so excited. And, and man, I just want to like, just want to scream. It's just so exciting. And, and, uh, and I thought, my God, uh, that, that's, that's not his anointing. That, 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 is a, that is a fake substitute for what I'm talking about tonight. That's not, that's, not the, that's not God's anointing. That's not the anointing that destroys the yoke. That's the anointing that is a, that is a cheap substitute that's going to last for a moment. I'm talking about the anointing of God that you find in a prayer room, in an altar. Amen. In a, in a, in a, when a preacher preaches a message and, uh, and, and, and conviction grips your heart and you find a place in the altar and, and you bury your face in the carpet and you pour out your heart before the Lord, I'm telling you, that's what it's going to take to destroy the yoke. That's what it's going to take uh, for that anointing to be destroyed. Amen. Not a cheap substitute. Let's just sing a few songs and let's feel a little tingle and shout, hey, the world's got that. The world has all of that you can want. If you're just looking for a tingle, looking for a little dance and some shout, the world has it. Amen. But God's saying, listen, if you'll seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. If you'll find him, I'm telling you in a place, uh, if you find yourself on it, uh, on the carpet, uh, uh, buried uh, with your face and tears pouring out and, and and you're laying your I'm telling you I'm this is this may sound stupid to you tonight but amen when you're going through struggles and where you're going through maybe there's more month uh at the end of the, than there is money and you don't know how your bills are going to get paid I'm talking about taking your checkbook amen going to your bedroom playing it on your bed praying over God I don't know how I'm going to make it work hallelujah and and you never understand how God Amen. Week after week and month after month, you take a look and go, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how. You know what happened? I'm breaking through that yoke. I'm telling you, somebody, you need to break through and destroy that yoke. Amen. You need to take some things to God. That's how you're going to. It gets tight. Yeah, it gets tight. But when you can lay it upon your altar and when you don't know what to do because your children aren't living for God and, and, you, and you got backslidden children, you got lost loved ones you don't know what to do with and, and things are tight and say, God, I just don't know how I'm going to live. But you take a day and say, God, I'm, I'm going to take the next couple of days. I'm pushing the plate away and I'm fasting. I'm, I'm sack. I got to get an answer from you. I don't know what to do. I'm telling you, that is going to destroy the yoke. That's going to bring revival to your life and the burden that's upon your neck. Amen. It's going to come through consistently growing so, so much larger than the yoke that is upon your neck. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm, I hope someone tonight is feeling what, what I'm feeling and, and you're picking up what I'm putting down. Hallelujah. Amen. Because what, I, what I'm feeling in my heart, amen, is it's, it's more of, a, more of a, uh, a process. The anointing, I believe God is saying, listen, it's going to be a process. And I believe sometimes as individuals, we are we are a microwave instant message generation. Back when I was a kid, microwaves is the newest rage. I'm getting old, Pastor. And uh, <laughs> and uh, microwave, we used to say we're the microwave generation. But today we're in just an instant generation. If something happened 30 seconds ago and we didn't catch it on our Twitter feed, we're upset because it's old news. 
we get instant instant news with instant messaging. Yeah, I'm telling you, if I if I was the second person to find out that you had ramen noodles for supper, I I'm telling you, that's the most horrible thing because that's uh, you know <laughs> what would what would the world do without Instagram? I would have no idea what someone had to eat. But I'm telling you, that's we've been conditioned, and I believe I believe the process of anointing. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. This is where this is where God wants to help somebody tonight. Amen. There's a process of anointing that God wants to put you through. Amen. That's going to come with every time you come, he wants to put his hand upon you and put a little more anointing upon you. Hallelujah. And when you wake up tomorrow and you hit your knees, it's going to be a little bit more anointing and you're going to get a little bit stronger. You're going to get a little bit stronger. And then the next day, you're going to get a little bit stronger. And you're going to come to, I, I tell you, in the situation that, that, that we're facing, just in, in life and, and, and a lot of questions, I, I've come to, I've come, Bishop Regan can attest to this. And I, I, I want to see, I want to see five years down the road. I want to see, I'd, I'd be happy to see a week down the road. But the answer to what about this, what about that was, you know, Brother Merriman, here's what I believe. You know what, we can take it one day at a time and trust God and let him just lead you where he leads you. And that doesn't just apply to, to ministry, it doesn't just apply to to, to those in, in authority or in power. I'm telling you, that, that applies to you. There's a process. Joseph didn't become second in the kingdom overnight. He didn't come to an altar one day and say, okay, God, um, I, I had a dream yesterday, so I'm, I'm, re I'm ready. Oh, no, no, no. Joseph, you got to go through a few things. And I want to see you and account you worthy. And I want to see your spirit through the process. I want to see your attitude the process. I want to see how you respond to those in authority through the process. I want to see how, how you submit to those where you think you should be in this position or that position or here or there. And I want to see how you handle some things. I want to, and through the whole time, I, I'm telling you, if you could see Joseph each time when he was sold, he was cast into the pit and he was sold uh, into Egypt to, uh, there and he became a slave and he be and then he was lied upon and thrown into a prison cell and and he was forgotten years passed he was he was mistreated he was taken advantage of and left and through it all he served through it all he kept the right spirit through it all he just trusted god and said i remember god the promise that you gave me i i remember the dream that i had and and he never said, okay, God, it didn't happen. I quit. I give up. I, I, I'm throwing in the towel. Lord, I, you said it was going to happen, and, and you must have not been – just it must not be true because, you, you, you know, I haven't seen it take place. That, that's And, God, you know, I'm just – you know, I'm just – I guess I'm just going to stay here in this prison and die. No, he kept his faith, and he continued to grow. And through it all, the Lord saw his spirit, and the Lord anointed him. To, to, to help. The Lord anointed him in every situation. And there came a day that he was a prisoner in a prison cell. Whenever the Lord said, okay, you can't, you can't, I can't keep you here any longer. This, 
this this yoke is too great for you. This you're at a point, and and surely after he had interpreted dreams uh, of the two men in the prison, and they left and forgot him. Uh, the Bible says it was not just days later, not just weeks later, or months later. It was it was a couple of years later, if I remember correctly, before he was actually remembered. Uh, and that was only because the, uh, the Pharaoh had a dream that he couldn't interpret. And, and, and they said, oh, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I remember there was a guy uh, that, that Mike could help, and he's, he's in your prison. And uh, throughout this time, he just said that Joseph just, uh, just continued to do his, his, his duty and to continue to work and never became bitter, never became angry. Never, never became frustrated and never blamed God. And I'm telling you the process of anointing. Amen. I'm telling you when you get through, not only I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you today, I believe so desperately that we want such a quick fix of anointing. And we believe that just one shot of anointing and we ought to be right there where we need to be. Amen. It took, I believe, if I remember 13-ish or so years for, for Joseph to get to where he got Amen. But in a, in a, in one moment's time, he went from the the prison house to the palace, uh, and not not only it was it was not just he was over his mom and his dad and his brothers. It was more than he was just in charge. Amen. God had a, there was such an anointing upon Joseph, and the Pharaoh said, "Who in the, all the kingdom is as wise as this man?" Did that wisdom come when he was a little boy telling his dad, hey, I had a dream. Look at this and the me. Look at how awesome I'm going to be someday. No, there was some growth. There 13 years of, of heartache, 13 years of difficulty. Amen. And then a Pharaoh recognized and said, listen, there's something different about you. What was it? It was the anointing of 13 year process. Amen. That brought Joseph to a point where he was ready, that he could do something, that the yoke was destroyed. But it was a growing process. Amen. Today somebody. I'm telling you, I believe and I feel God put it upon my heart that you as an individual are struggling. Amen. With your walk with God, with your life. Why am I this way? Why am I that way? What's going on with my bills, my finances, my, my family, all of these things. But I understand that the process of anointing God is continuing. He's watching. He's every time you come back to church, every time you walk through the doors and you don't feel like lifting your hands, but you lift your hands every time you you, you come to the altar and pray and amen, pastor. And, and he's preaching on faith, trusting in God. And you you amen and say, thank you, Jesus. I, I believe it. I'm not giving up hope. Amen. You're in the process of anointing. You're in the process of destroying that yoke. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's going to get tight and it might be tight for you tonight. It might be difficult for you. You may not understand one bit of it. Uh, amen. But I'm telling you, just because things are tight and you can't, I don't know how to go. I'm telling you, just keep coming. Amen. Back to those waters. Amen. At the altar. Keep coming back to the house of God. Amen. Don't, don't, uh, don't charge God foolishly. Don't charge your pastor foolishly. Don't, don't look at excuses or reasons why God, why you shouldn't. And I can't live for God. No, find a reason why. Look for the reason why. Look for the reason in the darkness of night. Uh, amen. Uh, Amen. Because I'm telling you, the joy comes in the morning. The darkest hour of every night is just before the breaking of the day. Oh, the night can seem like it lasts forever. The night can last a long, long time. But I'm telling you, the day is going to break. Hallelujah. The angel of the Lord and the angel that wrestled with Jacob throughout the night. It was the longest probably night of Jacob's night of life. But he said, I've got I've to be different. I've been on the backside of the 
desert for years now. I've been who I am. I'm tired of it. But I'm telling you that 40 years in the backside of a desert where it was a process of anointing taking place in that same location that Jacob found himself 40 years later, face to face with an angel, he got a hold of that angel and said, okay, um, it's tight. I'm going back to my brother Esau, and I think I may even be dying. He may even kill me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm here. You read in, your, read in the Bible, he, he, sent, uh, he sent animals and, 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 and service to, to Esau just to make sure. So I, I don't want him to kill me. He didn't know what his brother was going to do. That was the last thing he had heard was I was going to die. Amen. But there was a process. Process. Uh, why do I got to spend 40 years on the backside of a desert? Uh, why do I have to spend all this time just tending sheep? Uh, amen. But there came a day. There came a day. Amen. When the anointing. Uh, amen. Finally, uh, uh, the yoke was destroyed. And that, that, that angel, he said, listen, I, I, you've got to let me go. He says, because why? Because the day is breaking. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, somebody, your day is breaking. Oh, hallelujah. The daylight truth, church. I just feel it in the Holy Ghost. The daylight, Bishop, is breaking. Hallelujah. Amen. If there's some faithful saints, amen, that can continue on. Amen. Pray in a, a Thursday night prayer. It's important. Oh, hallelujah. Sunday morning, it's important to get in the altars. Hallelujah. It's important, amen, to stay faithful to the house. God, child of God, get a hold of God. It's tight, but don't let go, because I'm telling you that they breaketh, amen, and the yoke is getting ready to be destroyed because of the anointing. Oh, hallelujah, amen. And the Lord, the angel, touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and something, he changed, but he never, uh, he walked uh, different. There was something about him that was different, uh, but he said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but here's what I, I am going to do. The Bible says that he anointed a, a stone in that place and said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a memorial. This place is an anointed place. This is a special place. This is a place where I, I, I remember the yoke being destroyed. Years of being the deceiver. Years of being uh, reminded of his past. Years of being reminded of his his failures. Surely, surely, as he spent those forty years, his mother said, "Go, go spend a few days. Go spend a little time. Let your brother cool down." You read it. Mom didn't say, "Go spend forty years." When Jacob left, he said, "I, I'm just gonna." I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave for a little bit. But God said had different plans. He thought, well, maybe it's just gonna take a moment. A few days I'll come back, it'll be all right. But you understand if it had just been a few days or a few weeks or maybe even a few months when Jacob came back, he would have never been anything different than he was before he left. I believe and and convinced wholeheartedly that there is a process of anointing that God is putting some of you through. And you're going through some valleys and some dark places. And I believe that you're going to come through on the other side. Not what you used to be. 
not half-hearted in your worship, not half-hearted in your prayers, not not always struggling with your faith, not always struggling with the, is God going to really bring me through it? I know I, I know I heard you Sunday, but it's Monday, and I haven't seen anything happen, Pastor. It's Tuesday. Come on, what gives? I guess God didn't really mean what he said on Sunday when when you talk to me and, you, and the Lord spoke in a message, that must have been for somebody else. You said I have a calling on my life. Why isn't anything happening? Come on, Joseph. Come on, Jacob. You really want to be what you've always been? Do you really want to be and struggle with those things you've always struggled with? Or do you really want to get real with God? Because I'm telling you, if God's going to really make anything out of anyone, He's going to put them through the process. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you. Amen. Any of you tonight that God God wants to do something with, if you, you, you think it's going to be a, again, you have cancer, you have a sickness. I've seen God heal, God deliver. I've seen, I'm miracle working and God can do it. God is able. Amen. He is, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. God is able. Hallelujah. Amen. But just because God is able doesn't mean he's obligated to do it your way and in your time and in your mold that you have and your design. Well, if it fits this, if it does that, amen. God said, listen, he says the yoke is going to be broken because I'm going to I'm going to grow you. Amen. There's a process. Believe it or not, I've not always been this thin. Just kidding. I was thinner than, than this. I, I've grown over time, but you know what? As an individual, maybe I, I, I put on some, some weight. But an animal, an animal that's born doesn't go from, from birth to, a, a cow doesn't go from birth to 2,000 pounds overnight. There's a process. There's a process that they have to go through. There's a lot of feeding that's got to take place. There's a lot of nourishment. It's got to be good nourishment. It's got to be healthy. It's got to be exercise. They, they got to learn to walk. They've got to learn to uh, to stand on their own two feet. They've got to learn to go through some things and and uh, to even become an, an, an animal that even a yoke would fit upon. And so this same word that we use here, that God used in Isaiah, he uses it in chapter 25, in verse six, the same word, the same word anointing that's uh, that's uh, the Shimon that is translated anointing is used in Isaiah 25 and six. And it says, and in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines, a feast of the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lees, well refined. God said, listen, I, I'm going to provide, I, I'm going to create a feast of anointing. I'm going to provide, I'm going to, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you and the things that are going to make you uh, uh, fat, if you will, in the spirit. Amen. And, uh, and, and we have to understand that God is going to feed us. And it's not one meal. If you try to get uh, the anointing in one meal, you're going to become sick. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's a process. Individually, and I'm, I'm just... 
I'm pretty much I'm through here tonight, and I I, I just I want to close with with this, and I want to make sure I just want to make sure that we understand uh, that the anointing that destroys the yoke. Understand we've we've always recognized it as oh tonight in this service the anointing is going to destroy the yoke, and that's how I've mostly always always have heard it. But I believe God is is talking to us tonight, and we got to understand there's some there's some process that some of us are going through that some of you are going through. Even even the the ministers in the church, and I'll, I'll just say, listen, there's a process. There's a process. If we'll ever be anything for God, we ever want the anointing of God. We ever want God to really use us, not just woo the crowd, not just get a pat on the back after Sunday night from from our pastor, which is always a nice thing. But if we want the approval of God and we want an anointing that'll change lives, we're going to have to let God really put us through a process. Hallelujah. Saint, child of God, if you really want to have victory in life, if you really want to be a soul winner, if you really want to be a prayer warrior, if you really want to be anything for God, it's no different. It's no different. God's going to put you through a process. There's no shortcuts to the anointing. There's no shortcuts to revival. There's no shortcuts to 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 life to to, to winning. The loss. There's no shortcut, amen, in life. I'm telling you, church, as a as a whole, let me speak to you as a whole for just a moment. There's no shortcut to revival. And there's no shortcut to those yokes being destroyed. There's a yoke that's there. And I'm not I'm not saying that's we're all I'm saying that there's a there's a point as the church expands spiritually and we get to a place where things begin to tighten and we're getting very close to the yoke to to the to to our limits amen and God says listen I want you to press through to the realm in which I want you to be I want you to realize sometimes we get in our mind like man I can't I can't do I can't do prayer all night prayer meetings every night or every week I don't believe that's the case, and I don't think that's necessary. But I believe there's a point where it's going to get tight. It's going to feel really difficult. It's very challenging. It's in those moments when pastor says, "Hey, let's let's do a prayer night. Let's do some extra fasting. Uh, let, let let's work together. Let's do some extra here." And things of life, everything's going to start tightening. Work's going to start going crazy. You're going to have to start getting called in extra. You're you're going to get a cut in pay. You're going to you're gonna you, your spouse is gonna lose their job and how in the world we're we gonna and things start and, you, and and everything just gets tight but that's the time when you say okay we have a choice to make hallelujah are we gonna fall to our knees are we gonna press on through because i got a feeling god wants us to it wants that yoke is broken and it's destroyed it, it may get tight it may be, get difficult but i'm telling you what the, the enemy's gonna it's gonna make sure it keeps its grip as long as it can but god said the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. 
The, there's no option. There's no chance. You, there's no limit to what God can do if we can break through that, that place, that yoke, that, that thing which hinders us as a body. Amen. I'm telling you, revival is there. Revival is here. And even with weather or COVID or whatever excuse may come, amen, let's, let's re- re- realize, I'm telling you, I, I believe in the coming days even, uh, in the coming weeks and months, that as we get closer to revival, there's going to be that tightening. And you understand, I want you to remember back to this message and what God is saying. Listen, it's tight, but I'm, t- I'm taking you somewhere because you're going to feel it. We're going to feel that breaking. You're going to feel revival. And when it comes, there's no limit to what God's going to do. Amen. I'm telling you, there's no limit, amen, uh, to where God wants to take us. And there's no limit to where God wants to take you as an individual if you just let God continue to work and use you in your life. Amen. And you just press through and let the anointing destroy the yoke in the process and let God work that out of you. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Bishop, I'm going to let this turn this back to you. I, I, I thank you for this opportunity. Let's let's talk to the Lord.